everybody. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55 KRC, the talk station. This is Dr. Ryan Berlin and Ashley Berlin. This is the show about maximizing your health without dangerous drugs and surgery. And I'm just really excited about today because we're going to talk about um, something that isn't really always sexy, but I'm going to tell a story. We're going to make it sexy. Um, <laughs> we're going to make it really good. I like it. I like it. So here's the thing. I want you to listen closely to this story because we're going to use it as a reference point for um, talking about our health. And really this principle applies to any, any aspect of your life, but for the sake of, um, cause I think that's true, right? Yeah. There are some truths that are just Universal. Pervasive. Yes. Like yes. They're true across the board in your marriage and your health and your uh, friendships and your business life, whatever that some truths just are, um, they're very pervasive. So yeah. this is one of those, but we're going to talk about in regards to health today. Um, so here's the story. I want to set this up. Well, it's world war two and fighter planes are coming back from battle and they're like bullet holes all shot into them right. and they're returning. So um, the allies were looking at these planes and they're like, man, look at all these bullet holes. Some planes aren't coming back. They're getting shot down. Right. So here's what we're going to do is we're going to um, plot and graph where the most common places are yes. that these bullet holes are ending up. And we are going to then strengthen those areas in an attempt to um, you know make sure that the planes uh, aren't getting shot down as much. Right, right. So bullet holes, where they found them, where they find them, they found them, um, tips of the wings, both front and back wings. And they found them also in the center of the plane, kind of just behind the pilot at the base of the wings. Which makes a lot of sense, right? And then, so you go in there and you reinforce that. And then we have, we have strong stuff and let's bring our soldiers home. I think that's the way most people would look at that and approach the problem. Absolutely. Except for some people out there are just like, they're, they're, they're smart. They're, right. they think outside the box and they go, okay, what if that's not true? Mm-hmm. Then what? And so that was this mathematician by the name of Abraham Wald. And what he pointed out was perhaps there might be another way to look at the data that they were getting um, from, from, you know, examining these bullet holes. So he said, perhaps the reason certain areas of the plane weren't covered in bullet holes was because the planes that were shot in those areas were the ones that didn't return. Oh, okay. All right. So... Totally looking at the problem through a different lens. Now he's saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Rather than strengthen up the areas where there's uh, bullet holes, what if it's the areas that don't have bullet holes? What if these planes returned because they weren't shot in those areas, but the planes that didn't return got shot in those areas where these ones didn't? Oh, that's good. Instead of strengthening up the areas where we found bullet holes, let's strengthen up the areas where there's not bullet holes. That's good. And this insight, insight led to that armor being reinforced in the parts of the plane where there were no bullet holes. And then what happened was they saw more planes returning and less planes being shot down. So it just took looking at the data f- through a different lens. And you know what's really interesting about that is that it's arguably more important what's more important than the data is looking at the story behind the data. And I think that that which what that story that you're talking about what's so important about it um when you look at it it's just exactly what you were saying at the beginning. It's one of those truths that are pervasive across all lines of life because we're not here obviously this is a sh- show about health. So we're not here to talk about airplanes. Right. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to get into. No, we're obviously like, I think already people are thinking, (laughs) wait a minute, we've heard a lot of data in the last year. Right. So here's part of that story too, where is you're right. The story behind the data is important because maybe, maybe the data itself isn't showing the full 
the full story. Yes. So really the reason behind why we're missing certain parts of data might actually be more meaningful than the data we have. Yes. So we're like, oh, X amount of people, you know, um, die from Corona. Well, we're not talking about what about the ones who don't, what was happening with them? Right. You know, remember we were talking two years ago, like about vitamin D levels, like if your vitamin D levels yep. are hard. So who cares what percentage of the population is getting tested positive or maybe dying? Right. What about the ones who aren't? What are they doing right? What right. What can we learn from them? Right. What What you know? What can we, uh, What can we take away and apply to the ones that are? And so um, this reminds me of of a quote, and it's funny because I after reading this story, it made me think about this quote, and I haven't really heard this quote in years and years and years. I actually had to remember exactly what it said. I just yeah. I just you'll understand why I remember this because um, all right. So here's a quote statistics are like bikinis. So right away, I promise you, you're going to remember this. Um, Even if you don't remember it word for word, you're going to remember that statistics are like bikinis. What they reveal is suggestive, but what they conceal is vital. Oh gosh. And and that was a business professor and economist named Aaron Levenstein who said that quote, uh, uh, statistics are like bikinis. What they reveal is suggestive, but what they conceal is vital. Yes. And so what that tells us is all of the stats and the data and the things we hear from the CDC or from the FDA when it comes to right. drugs or when it comes to different conditions, we have to realize they're trying to suggest something to us. Yes. They are selling us something. Yep. What we know, what is pharma selling us? Yes. Yes. They're selling us one thing. If pharma produced a study and they're they're telling us about the study, they're telling us about that study because they are trying to suggest something to us. Yes. And what they're trying to suggest is that we need their drugs. Yes. Then the FDA is an administration that is um, solely exists to approve or deny medication. So if the FDA is telling you something, they're trying to suggest to you that a drug that pharma is trying to sell you is effective and needed. I mean, it's just so good. And what a better way to suggest to somebody that they need to buy your vaccination or your testing kit or your like what have you, then um, coerce them into doing it, you know, like take away their job, take away their rights, take away their freedoms, take away the places they can go. But, but, but where, where did we start with all of this? A lot of it was, Hey, you don't feel good. You got to sniffle, run out and go get tested. Yeah. Let's gather some data. Let's gather some data. Let's gather some data and then let us tell you what the data means. Let us us suggest to you what we want to suggest to you from the data and let us um, conceal the vital parts of this that actually might be life-changing. Let us conceal the fact from you that vitamin D is more effective than almost anything when it comes to decreasing your chance of getting this. Let us conceal the fact from you that something called glutathione is really important when it comes to fighting off conditions like this that are very inflammatory. And let us conceal from you that glutathione is produced in the presence of NAC, which 
by the way, we're making illegal to sell, the FDA is, um, and let us conceal from you. In fact, let's take two doctors who are experts from the West Coast who are saying, here's what we see is we see that healthy individuals are at no risk as long as their vitamin D levels are high enough. Let's conceal that from you right. by removing it from Facebook and not allowing it to be put on the media. And, and, and this is your FDA, your CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. Right. Let, let that sink in. They're trying to control disease processes. Right. For what purpose? Not controlling them so that you're healthier, controlling them for profit. Yep. How do we know this? Because they now hold the patents on just under 20 vaccines. Right. The CDC does, and they profit from them. There's a gentleman that works for the CDC. His name is Paul Offit. His, his name, P. Offit, is only missing a few letters, <laughs> right? Profit. Paul Offit rhymes with profit. That's what he's doing is he's patenting vaccines, and he is profiting off of the vaccines. And this is not a government uh, entity that is a non-for-profit. No, Paul Offit is for profit. It's for profit, right. And, and, and the, there's been whistleblowers. The campaign slogan. There's been like. whistleblowers at the CDC saying, hey, what they're doing isn't right. They're doing it for profit and they don't care about your health. They're not trying to keep you healthy. They're actually trying to get you sick so that they can sell you this um, and suggest to you that the data that they collected says you need, you know, this vaccine, which isn't even a vaccine. It's an experimental gene therapy that bypassed all testing. And now they're calling it a vaccine so that you, you think it's kind of like polio, right. you know, and that it's going to be like the, the eighth wonder of the world. And, and it's not. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. Right. Absolutely. And all, and all of this started with this conversation that we that with, with what we started out with is how you reveal or conceal inside of data and what you're doing. And and data can be manipulative. It it feels like a very objective thing. It feels like I hey, am just looking at a number, but there's a story around. Trust the, the science. Tr <laughs> right. And how do you build a case? How would you build a case for a pandemic? How it would be? Um, I mean, if a lot Sci of science did a itself is just a method of examining data and testing theories. And so they're like, trust the science. Well, yeah, trusting the science means you question everything. Right. But trust the science somehow has been synonymous with don't question the narrative. Exactly. Wait a minute. What if this vaccine isn't safe? Hey, hey, hey. No, 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 no. Trust the science. Right. That's the opposite of science. That's called, that's, that's religion. That's, that's blind faith. Right. That's a religious statement when it comes to health, that we're, we're taking a religious stance on vaccination, that vaccination or nothing. No, that's, that's blind faith. That has nothing to do with science. Right. And we are pro-religion in one area of our life in one area only. Yeah. I think you should have faith in your creator and Jesus because exactly. there is no proof outside of, of faith, except for like you can see evidence everywhere. Right. But we can never with certainty say that. That's why it requires faith. And that's why there's great reward with great faith. Exactly. Now with, with vaccines and with all this, the evidence is actually suggesting the opposite. The yep. evidence, the reason that they don't do studies on unvaccinated people is because they don't want that data out there. The yep. reason they don't compare vaccinated to unvaccinated, they don't want you knowing how healthy unvaccinated people are. Exactly. The reason they don't do studies on what's more effective, vitamin D or remdesivir. Why? Yes. Because they don't want you knowing the truth on that. Right. 
The reason they don't do these things is because they don't want that data out there. Why? Because FDA, CDC, pharma, insurance companies, hospital systems, they're all in one incestuous relationship with each other. Yes. That they literally are all in bed together and they're all profiting off of this. How does how does an insurance company profit off of it? Because the more that they can convince you that sickness is expensive and you can't afford it, the more you need them. Right. How does a hospital system profit off this? Because they jack up the prices so that you can't afford them and you need insurance. And then the insurance pays them handsomely for the things that they do and cover because they're convincing you for the insurance companies that you need to buy insurance. Exactly. What does the hospital do in order to treat you? Oh, they have to diagnose you. They diagnose you with a condition. Who ca- who came up with the condition guidelines? CDC. <laughs> what do they give you once they diagnose you? A, a pharmaceutical produced by who? Big pharma controlled by who? The FDA. Who gives right. money to the FDA to do the research? Pharma. It's one incestuous relationship. And here's the thing. You're going to go round and round and round and round on this merry-go-round until you get off of the merry-go-round. Right. And it is a merry-go-round. We always have referred to it as a You say, no, no more pharma. I'm done. I'm not taking your drugs. I'm done with insurance. I'm not doing insurance anymore. I'm 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 going the route of a health sharing program, or I'm just going to take that ten thousand dollars a year I spend, seven thousand dollars a year I spend on my family's insurance, and I'm gonna roll the dice on this. And if something happens and I have to pay two thousand dollars on my pocket this year, I will. Three thousand dollars on my pocket this year I will. But instead I'm gonna take that if if nothing happens, I'm gonna take that seven grand I would have saved and year after year after year, ten years from now when my newborn child's ten, I'm gonna have seventy thousand dollars sitting aside that if something did happen I could handle it. Absolutely. And if, if something more expensive than that happens and I go to the hospital, um, most of the hospitals, they're not going to collect on that bill anyway. They know right. they can't. Right, right. So they're going to put you on a slow payment system for the rest of your life to pay off a $100,000 thing or a $150,000 thing. They're not going to medically bankrupt you. In fact, Children's Hospital doesn't even do hard billing. They do soft billing. They don't even collect. Right. And listen, I think that the, the big point here, like, and, and the CDC came out at the end of December and said this. They said the CDC says it overestimated Omicron spread by more than 200%. So they came out and said this in December would, where they said that the Omicron variant wasn't as widespread as the CDC previously led people to believe. So it wasn't even that they internally thought that. It's that they had been outspoken about it and had said, hey, this is what's happening. And then they came back out later on and said, hey, Sorry, just kidding. We overestimated that by more than 200%. 200% is a lot. That, that's not 50%. You know, they're, they're so certain about all their data and all their statistics until they're not. And, right. and, you know, that, and that's the thing. They're like, oh, no, no, no. It's absolutely this. It's absolutely this. It's absolutely this. And then all of a sudden they print like, they don't even print a retraction. They just start saying something different. Yeah. And they don't go back and say, we're sorry. We're sorry that your loved ones um, are dead now. That um, We're sorry that, um, you know, 10 times or more the amount of people had to die than or died than really had to. We're sorry that, um, that our experimental gene therapy is causing cardiomyopathy and, and uh, sudden cardiac arrest. And, yep. and so much so that when we decided to take this vaccine that's never been tested and give it to children, we had to add to it a drug that we use to prevent heart attacks um, so that when we gave it to children, they hopefully had less heart attacks than what we saw in the adults. 
So they actually added, they changed the vaccine without changing the patent. Right. It's illegal. That's illegal. And they added in a chemical that is designed to prevent heart attacks. So this is, you know, some people are becoming aware of this, just so you guys know, but this is something that actually happened. The chemical, just so you know, is called tromethamine. Pfizer changed their formulation for the 5 to 11-year-old children's vaccine to include a blood acid reducer called thromethamine. Thromethamine is often used to stabilize heart attack patients. Why were they doing this? Because they knew for a fact that they they had um, data that showed them that this drug was not safe. I remember, they were concealing the vital part oh, wow. and suggesting the, the attractive part of this. Um, yeah, we're going to save you. No, we're actually going to uh, um, kill your children. And so in an attempt to kill less your children, we're going to add in this drug um, into the vaccine. Illegally, illegally, we're going to do it. We're going to change our formulation without changing our patent. This is crazy. But is this crazy. is what you can do. This is the evil side of data. This right. is the evil side right. of statistics. This is the, like, we're going to gather information and we're going to suggest to you what you should do with it. No, how about this? How about you just give me the data and I'll choose what to do with it? <laughs> right. How right. about my health is my own and you can take your mandates and shove them and I get to choose what chemicals I put in my body and what chemicals I do not put in my body. I get to choose whether I cover my face with something or not. I get to choose whether, um, you know, I, I, I'm going to fear uh, novel coronavirus that um, most people, 98.7% of people recover from, or I'm going to choose whether I'm going to live my life in fear for the next two and a half years, by the way, not two weeks to slow the curve. Right. Two and a half years. Right. We're well beyond that. And then, and, and, and we're going to choose, like, we're going to look at it. The, the other piece that we're going to look at is we're going to, to put ourselves in a position where we can look at data and we can ask questions. Where we can literally, and, and I know we're being trained right now not to ask any questions. I know that we're being trained to say, nope, you got to help your- Don't you, let them do it. Don't, don't let them reverse yep, train you. Yep. It, we're, we're training, you know, the masses, we're, we're mass being trained right now that if you love Jesus, you're going to get a vaccine. We're, be, we're being trained that if you love your neighbor, that you're going to go get, you're going to wear that mask and you're going to get a vaccine. It, we're, we're being trained that if you really love your schoolmates and you love the people out in the community, that you have to do all these actions that are, yep, somebody else is profiting from, that somebody else is making money from. And we're not- having the conversation where, where are the holes in the data? What are the reinforced parts? Like, why are these planes making it back? Why are these people, why are some people living? What are some people doing that is really giving them a step up in life? If you don't health? know, understand what she meant by planes, um, the beginning of the show, we talked about this story with these planes. So if you missed it, um, listen to the podcast, yes. go, go to, uh, align your health, go to the podcast app, go to align your health and listen to today's show. Um, yeah, so here, here's the thing. We sound a little bit conspiratorial when we talk <laughs> like this. I get it. But here, right. here's, here's why. I wish we didn't. I wish we didn't. Sure. Um, unfortunately, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I was, but all my conspiracies are now true. And so, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm, I'm out of conspiracies. Right. That I'm, I'm just now a, a true theorist that, that my... Oh, the government's not going to try to force vaccinate you. You're just a conspiracy theorist. Bull crap. Now they're trying to force vaccinate you. Right. Right. Oh, no, nobody's going to, you're going to still be able to do the things you want. You just have the option of taking the vaccine. That was literally said to us by political candidates. Nope. Now they're saying, now they're saying, but for crying out loud, this is a pandemic of the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. That was literally what our president of the United States said. Right. No, it is not. Right. First of all, it's not even a pandemic. 
It's and, not even a pandemic. Now, we There are no more deaths in 2021 or 2020 than there were in 2019, 2018, or 2017. Go look up that stat. No right. more people died in 2020 or 2021 than in any of the five previous years. So what right. does that mean? That means, yes, corona did kill people, but it, it, it killed people who are already likely going to die of other things. I know that's hard to hear, but statistically right. speaking, that's true. Right. And listen, when you look at it now, the other thing, the other piece that's happening that has recently popped up is out of Boston. We have a news article that's saying that there's a father speaking out out of Boston because he was refused. Um, he refused the COVID-19 vaccination. And so he was denied a heart transplant. So we have a person who was very high up on the heart transplant list that has been pulled from the heart transplant list because he did not choose to be vaccinated. So th that like when we when we start stripping away, when we start just having everyone yeah. live in this overwhelming pretty soon, you're not going to be able to get medical care if you haven't had a COVID nineteen vaccine. No, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Right. Well, guess what? It's happening now. Here, let's let's shift gears here. I'm sick of COVID. I'm going to pretend it doesn't even exist. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to shift gears. We're going to talk about something else. Let's talk about data again. Let's let's go back to um, we're asking the wrong questions. This is not Dr. Ryan's idea or theory. This came out of a couple books I read 10 years ago. One's called Selling Sickness. It was written right. by an MD. Another one called Overdosed America, also written by an MD. So these medical doctors, not all of them are drug um, uh, pushers. Not all of them are drug dealers. Some of them understand that there's a problem. And the real pandemic is pharma. The real pandemic is these companies that are slinging drugs and profiting largely while the American public, according to the WHO, we are the least healthy population in the industrialized world. We rank dead last out of all the countries that they study. And yet we take more drugs than all the other countries. Right. right. So here, here's the thing. Here's the question we need to be asking ourselves. This is the last, the, we're going to talk about this for the rest of the show today. Yes. Who cares if a drug can lower your blood pressure? That's the wrong question. That's like the airplane coming back with the bullets in it and saying, oh, we need to reinforce where those bullet holes were. No, we don't. We need to reinforce where the bullet holes aren't because yes. those are the planes not coming back. Right. Who cares whether your blood pressure is high or low? Yep. It's irrelevant unless that actually causes heart disease. And if it causes heart disease, then what we have to prove is does lowering your blood pressure... Not, not is this drug effective at lowering your blood pressure? Who cares? Is this drug that lowers your blood pressure and is effective at doing so, is that actually changing the outcome of heart disease in any real large statistical way? Ooh. The evidence suggests it doesn't. The evidence suggests that taking a blood pressure lowering medication or a cholesterol lowering medication does lower your cholesterol, does yeah. lower your blood pressure, but does that change the outcomes of heart disease in a large statistical way? No, only about four to 7% change in outcomes, meaning they, they prevent maybe four to 7% of heart attacks and heart disease and deaths related to heart disease by lowering your blood pressure or your blood cholesterol chemically. Four to seven percent is nothing. No, it's very minuscule. Changing your diet and starting to exercise in studies reduce those same 
risk factors for heart heart disease and, and death as a result of heart disease, exercise and uh, nutrition changes anywhere from 24 to 78%. Wow. And the drugs, 4 to 7%. So that is impactful to your health. So guess what they do? Here's how they lie to you. Remember, statistics are like bikinis. What they cover <laughs> is suggestive, but what they... Or sorry, what they reveal is suggestive, what they cover is vital. Here's what they suggest. They suggest to you that their drug works really well at preventing heart disease, heart attack, or stroke, except for that's a lie. So what do they say? When combined with? Diet and exercise. But um bump ching right there. Right. When combined with diet and exercise. Why? Because the diet and exercise were actually more effective <laughs> than the drug in every single situation. Absolutely. So they just piggyback it and say, this drug's been proven to lower your heart, you know, your risk of heart disease and blah, blah, blah. When combined with proper diet and exercise, ask your doctor about X, Y, and Z drug. No, ask your doctor about exercise and, and weight and, and uh, uh, nutrition, except right. for what? They weren't taught anything about it. They right. got one hour of nutrition and zero hours of exercise. Right. Education. Right, right, right. And listen, and it's not like no finger pointing at them. No, it's like not they're their using, fault. They're using the tools in their toolbox. Honestly, yeah. we as a chiropractor, we didn't get lots of exercise physiology and nutrition, but most chiropractors in their undergrad studies sought that route first. Right. And then postgraduate, they're actually pretty fascinated by that route. So, yes. Some medical doctors are too. Jack Wolfson, the paleocardiologist. Yep. Um, Kelly Brogan. Um, the one who wrote a mind of your own, yep. um, she's an MD, like all these people, like they're, they're fascinated with nutrition. We have some great MDs in Cincinnati right here and here. That yeah. are, that Dr. Katri. We love Dr. Katri. He's out, loved it. Yep. Yep. So, all right. So that's that one. How about, how about depression? There's never been a depression medication ever, 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 ever. If you're on a depression medication, this is true about the one you're on. And this is true about you. There has never been a medication for depression ever that outperformed exercise alone when it came to reducing depression. Wow. Ever. I mean, that's a... Ever, ever, ever. That's, that's a strong... That is strong. So you go to see your doctor, you say, I'm feeling really depressed. And he's like, tell me about it. You explain it. And he's like, oh, that doesn't sound good. Here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to write you a prescription for this magical pill you're going to swallow and it's going to make you feel better. Nope. No, it doesn't. Here's what it does. It takes the um, chemicals involved and it, it starts interfering with normal chemical functions. So now you don't feel the lows as much, but you don't feel the highs either. Right. And now you're just kind of dull, mute, uh, just kind of blah all the time. Yep. And you think you feel better because you don't, you're not as upset, but then you're actually not experiencing joy either. And so those people, when they come off their medication, which is kind of hard to do sometimes because of the way they mess you up is they start actually feeling joy again. They're like, wait, this is amazing. Right. Yeah. Some of life sucks and it hurts. Right. But the goods in life far outweigh the bads. Right. And yeah, I went through a season of a low and had I just like done the thing I didn't want to do. I just don't feel like doing anything. That's great. That's when great. you don't feel like you're doing anything, guess what you do? Go do something. Go do something. Go run. <laughs> right. Go lift. Right. Go, go squat. Right. Go uh, row. Go whatever it is. You will feel good soon enough. So what should right. the doctor said? Man, I'm really depressed. My mom died. I've been in a lull. The yes. doctor looks at you and says, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to prescribe. Um, I'm going to write you a prescription for 
you're allowed to feel sorry for yourself. You're allowed to be upset, but you yeah. can't do it and not move. You need to go right. work out every single day. Right. You're going to climb out of this hole. Your endorphins, we're going to get your body working for you, not against you. And it's been scientifically proven to work better than any drug I could ever give you. Yeah, that's so, I mean, that's so beautiful. That's the doctor of the future. And, and, and Thomas Edison said that how long ago? <laughs> quite a few. He hasn't been around in a little bit, so it's been quite a few years. It's been a bit since old Thomas said this. He said here. the doctor of the future will give no medicine. Right. He'll interest his patients in exercise, nutrition, and the framework of their body. Right. The framework of their body. Right. That's exactly what we deal with here. Um, which is, it's, it's just such a beautiful thing. It's such an interesting thing. These topics might have pricked something in you where you're thinking, I want to learn more. I want to read more. Let us give you some resources here. Um, two books that we'd recommend for you to read. One is called overdosed America. Great book has a lot of information of what we just spoke about, um, on this show, the other book called selling sickness. It's a great resource, a lot of wonderful information in there along the lines of what we talked about today if this piqued your interest and you thought I just want to know more and, th and those two books are those two books are designed to expose what you already know so you're going to be like oh wow ph uh, pharmaceutical companies are mostly uh, greedy and they're not out for health yeah that's that's pretty much what those books do but they prove it right um, right here, you know here's the thing but if you're looking for like a positive change yep then just just come just come be in our presence and let us guide you you can give us a call. Our, our phone number is 513-777-7575. You can go to alignhealthcenter.com. And man, like you need a doctor. You might as well have one that's working with you and with your body. That's right. And helping you to feel good, heal better, and um, take care of yourself well. And so we'd love to do that. We'd love to be your doctor. And um, we got four doctors in our office who are incredible. They're all amazing. We got an amazing support staff. We do um, not just chiropractic. We, we also do nutrition and functional medicine testing um, and, and through blood work and urine and stool and stuff like that. And, um, and it's a cause-based lens that we're looking through. Absolutely. We're looking to help you fix the cause of your problem and not just the symptoms. Hey you guys, till next week, thanks for listening. This is Dr. Ryan and Ashley Berlin. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station.